Welcome to the Electricians Co-op. I'm your host, Rob Russ. And I'm Jamie Small. Today on the show, we've got Tommy Breedlove from TommyBreedlove.com. Now, Tommy is a Wall Street Journal and USA Today best-selling author and Atlanta-based business relationship and mindset coach. Today's show is all about finding alignment and understanding what your true purpose is. As you'll hear, Tommy was at the top of his career and he experienced a transformational moment which inspired him to walk away from it all and to follow his true calling. Buckle up, this is gonna be one of the fastest paced interviews of the year. Let's get started. Jamie, good morning, mate. How are you? Pretty good, Rob. Uh, recovering from Australia Day yesterday, but yeah, sober yesterday, but just a little tired from dealing with the kids all day. <laughs> the crazy kids. G'day, Tommy. How are you, mate? Robert, Jamie, my brothers from across the pond. I am awesome on this evening. You guys are a day ahead of me. How are you, Tommy? Well, here we are. Here we are in the future, mate. Uh, yesterday was our Australia Day, which is very similar to your Fourth of July, uh, but yep. unfortunately, it was fairly subdued because of all this COVID craziness and madness. But it was still a uh, still a pretty good day, bit of a celebration of the patriotic nationhood that it is here. But it seems to be taken over by the left and the stupid media who want to cancel everything, which is really strange. Is that happening to you guys in America too? Oh, brother, you have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> we are a divine country right now there's those of us who want to live and those of us who want to shut down so and everything in between man <laughs> it's kind of funny here in australia i think that the the left side of politics and the left side of everything here in australia wants to do the same thing but everyone else is like yeah whatever man australians are just so relaxed i just really just don't care at least that's been my experience which is kind of a good thing because it stops the division you know people get a bit rolled up by stuff but there's not so much division like there is in the u.s no doubt. And here's the truth, man. Here in the U.S., 99.9% of the people here still love each other, still like their neighbor, still don't care who you voted for. That's through the media still advertising, man. So don't believe all that crap on TV. And all the people they like show, it's like the 0.01%, man. And I don't know why we give those people airtime to begin with. So, yeah, the rest of us are pretty happy too, man. <laughs> uh, that's good to know because the media paints a completely different picture, doesn't it? Don't they? Yeah. What? You think you're in a civil war over here, but we're not. That's <laughs> oh, good to know. It's good to know. Yeah, it is good to know. <laughs> Hey, thanks for joining us today, Tommy. Do you want to start by just telling us a little bit about what you do in your business? Yeah, absolutely, man. I'm very grateful that I get to, uh, that, that my business fell in my lap. It was a calling. Um, I get to help mostly very ambitious, driven executive men be more confident, be more courageous, be better leaders, be more successful, but also more, just as important, be a good father, a good spouse, a good human to live life with meaning, significant and purpose. And not just all about the dollars, the dollars, the dollars, because that can compromise so much. Trust me, been there, done that. And how do we live a life with purpose and meaning, but with more time, with more love, with more mindset. And by the way, with making impact. So that's what I love doing, brother. Yeah. Do you think the byproduct of that is money by doing something you love and being a good person? Money will come? I absolutely believe it, man, and uh, lived it. You know, I was limited for the first 37 years of my life. I was all about crushing competition. It was fear. It was scarcity. If I wasn't winning, if that means you were winning, so there's no <laughs> both of us winning. And, man, I'm not kidding. I went through this massive transformation at 37 and love, success. My money has 10x. My friendships have doubled. My network is the best it's ever been. I've never been happier. 
And it's all about living in purpose with love, with gratitude, with abundance. And that's kind of woo woo for some of us. I'm a big six foot two, I'm a big dude, man. And, uh, <laughs> you know, I think, and so, but I think us men, you know, we bottle up everything and think, you know, when I have respect and power and money and prestige, then I'll be happy. Nah, dude, you'll just come home to a big empty house, brother. And you'll figure out, well, what should I've been doing all along, man? Yeah, that's yeah, good stuff. Uh, tell me, Tommy, how is, uh, how is business tracking for you within these strange COVID times? I mean, here in Australia, it's, uh, it's a big giant media beat up as I, as I look around our society, things are actually going pretty well. Uh, plenty of jobs, plenty of things, everything's open, wear a mask here and there. It's not really that much of a big deal. And I know it's quite different where you are. Has it affected your business? Is your business growing or have you contracted a little bit? How's it tracking for you? Uh, first part of the year, man, is I, I pivoted my business cause we came out with our book. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're super thankful that it's become a USA today and wall street bestselling book. So that has really helped. Um, but we shifted to be doing conferences, other people's retreats, my own conferences, public speaking and going out, you know, on a road show, not only on the book tour, but going and working conferences and, you know, speaking into people's lives and 70% of our projected revenue went away in three days. Gosh, they canceled everything. Yeah. But here's the key, man, both myself, my team, our network, our ecosystem, for lack of a better word, we leaned in, we doubled down, we never stopped believing. I didn't say we didn't get scared every now and then. We didn't get upset every now and then, and we didn't get angry every now and then, but we weren't gonna let that anchor us down. And we, are, we have doubled our revenue from 2019 to 2020 all by hard work, grit, never stop believing. And people are hungry for connection, mm. authenticity, vulnerability, to be a little bit better, to not be afraid, to make more money, to have more time. And so I think guys like yourself, guys like me, guys who are out there trying to help people make greater impact. I think we're now necessities. You talk about that in the country, right? We're a necessity and not a luxury, you know, man. And so I think we're essential y'all. And I think the, uh, and that's a good Southern US term y'all, by the way, that means you all. <laughs> Um, But I I think people are craving, you know, let's, let's do better. Let's lean in, let's get better. So here's the weird thing about the U S too, man. I, I, whatever they're reporting on the news, I mean, you walk outside and you think, what, what country are they reporting on? (laughs) First of all, we're a huge country Mm. and you know, we're very different depending on where you live. And so where I live has mostly right, wrong or indifferent been open. I think we shut down for all of three weeks in 2020. So we've been open, you know, wear a mask, be mindful, but get on with your lives. And some other places in the country are not so much. And they're suffering the emotional and mental consequences for that. And now those places are finally like, look, man, we got to open up. People have got to get back to work. So now you're seeing the San Francisco's and New York open up, which is good because those are beautiful places, man. So what's yeah. your secret to being so positive and keeping your team on track, Tommy? So brother, every single day, man, I do the deep work and I'm not even remotely joking. Um, and I've been doing that now for seven, eight years. And I'm not talking about our physical muscles because I think the three guys on this this call, we, we're pretty good on that front. But I'm also talking about the mental, there you go, brother. I'm talking <laughs> about the mental, emotional, and if it's important to you, spiritual muscles. Working on that self-confidence, that self-love. I've got this voice inside my head. I'm eight years into this work and 47 years in this life journey. And every now and then, this voice inside my head that I call the Tommy go round tells me I'm not good enough. 
What if they, what if they figure out, I don't know what I'm doing. You know, you're not worthy. You're not sexy. You're not confident. You're not smart, whatever. You're not something. And so every single day from gratitudes to meditations, to readings, to affirmation, to working my physical body to, uh, for me, I pray. And so, you know, there's all these tools in my toolbox and I also have a group of men in my life. I call them, we call it the grade eight. It's my inner circle. And I can come to them with my problems, my insecurities, the fact that my wife and I aren't getting along that, or, Hey, I'm going to, I'm, you know, I'm going down this huge path in my business. How do I stay? And they, they affirm me, they lean in. Sometimes they kick me in the face when I need it. So I think my daily routine and honestly, brother, I think cutting off the news and social media. Now I use social media for my business, but we just put love and light out there. Life hacks, money hacks, time hacks. We're not putting out on darkness and political division, but turning off that news, getting away from social media because garbage in is garbage out and surrounding yourself with people going in the direction you're going to loving people, grateful people, people who see the goodness in the world, not angry cynics, judges, it's some damn politician's fault. Cause that's BS, man. You know, go look in the mirror. It's your problem and solution. Yeah. Participate in your own rescue, lean in, surround yourself with good people and do the work. That's what I do every single day, brother. Oh, good on you, Tommy. Yeah, it's good stuff, mate. It's good stuff. You know, I think in these, in these strange COVID times, uh, all of us have experienced a, a couple of moments where we've gone, oh, I'm not sure what's yeah. really going to happen. And I, I think, Really, that's just related to uncertainty. And usually in business, you've got good plans. You know what's happening with your cash flow. As, as you mentioned, you know, your, your, your revenue disappeared overnight. Exactly the same thing happened to me because the products and services that I was selling at the time are really sort of discretionary spending rather than necessities. And I kind of pivoted as well to, to become more necess- necessary in business, which helped me a lot. But one of the things that I did, uh, did see within my team and uh, – last year around March, April, when this started to kind of come undone a little bit was the uncertainty in them. And I was feeling the same things as what they were, but I guess I wasn't relying on them the same way that they were relying on me. And it came Mm. down to me having the situational awareness to understand that, hey, this is now not just an uncertain time, but this is going to become a leadership issue really quickly if I don't nip it in the bud. And these people are looking to me for guidance and, hey, you know, I've got bills to pay. I've got to look after my family. Am I going to be able to keep my job? Can I don't, if I stay, that's awesome. If I don't, that's awesome too. Just let me know and, and just give me some certainty so I can plan and I don't have to live in this kind of uncertain world of you know, the rug's going to be pulled out from under me. And what I did was just to open those lines of communication and got those people to open up to me and tell me how they felt so I could allay any of those fears. You know, and, and maybe it was a little bit more personal and personable than I would otherwise be with some of the employees that I have, and most of them are contractors and whatnot. But I found from a leadership perspective that I had to step up in a way that I'd never had to step up before, which was kind of challenging for me. And it was fun as well, because it really made me think. And the vast majority of leadership that I've um, you know, had to engage in over the years is, is fairly automatic. I can see, you know, I, had, I know how to manage people, I know how to lead people, I know how to get all those things done. But this was quite different, something new. And I think as we, you know, for, for all of the faults of the news and the media and things like that, it's really highlighted how poor leadership is in and around politics mm. and how crappy our 
leaders really are because the styles that they use don't work in these times now. Tell me, what's your experience been working with clients in that leadership perspective over the last couple of months? Because it's really it's really changed quite radically and it's been a dynamic situation. I'd just be interested to hear your perspective. The truth, the truth is, is the leaders have led and the pretenders have failed. Well, they've been called out, haven't they? They've been called out, they have failed. Um, It's not about them, it's not about their ego, it's not about their vanity, and it's not about being right. Mm. I think you walk the walk, I think you led by example, and that's why we're not trusting certain religious institutions in our politics, is you're saying one thing and doing another. Yeah. And that's nonsense. And you know, um, I think there, I think all of us had to have real, honest, vulnerable conversation. I don't have all this shit figured out. I need your help. I need, I need the team's help. Let's lean in. Let's support each other, and let's just, let's just keep moving forward. And I'm not going to tell you. I'm if I, I got a closet about six feet from me. There's a couple of times I went in there and yelled and cried. I'm going to own it, man. Yeah. I did because, you know, I didn't know if I could make payroll three weeks from now. Um, where's the next dollar coming in? You know, you t- talked about it. There was worry, there was fear, there's uncertainty. I was mourning my way of life. I'm a doer and traveler, man. I was mourning that. Mm. And uh, I was a little bit afraid. And, um, you know, you, you, you feel the fear and the courage is not the absence of fear. It's just feeling the fear and doing it anyway. And I think leaders who have been calm, that doesn't mean it's like the duck. Our feet could have been kicking a million miles an hour, but we're on the top of that water. We appear calm. We're like, come with me. I need your help. This is where we are. This is where we need to go. Let's all lean in together and do it together. And I think that's good leadership, man. And I think leadership's about uh, acting and not words. I think it's about uh, it's about just serving your people, serving yourself and Southern Early. And that sounds like what you did. But what I've experienced, it's it's been 50-50, man, just like in everything else in life. The leaders who have leaned in and led – are, are succeeding and they're like no matter what society or the news or social says follow me and this is the way we're going with peace and, and people follow them and they're not being led astray down some path of darkness not hope and you know the, the world is burning and so i've seen two contrasts man primage electrical tommy which is my business during this covid sort of crisis which is what you might call it we sort of sat down right at the beginning as a group and the last thing I wanted amongst our team is anxiety, knowing if there's going to be work tomorrow or next month. So we sat down over a couple of cold beers. And after about the third beer, I sort of said, boys, it's going to be okay. I'll do whatever it takes to make sure everyone still has work. I'm confident. My energy's good. Turn mm. off the news and let's all be positive together. It's one of those things that we can't change, so let's just roll with it. And I, I think it made the guys feel a little bit better at work, knowing that there's um, work ongoing. And, you know, I think everyone's pretty happy on the back of that. I love that, man. I tell you what, you just, you just filled my cup, uh, Jamie. I'll tell you what you just said. Um, I had a pretty serious executive client ask one of my team members, what do you do? And that's kind of a weird question to begin with, right? What do you do? You know, what, what part do you have on Tommy's team? And you know what she looked at him and said, whatever it takes man whatever it takes <laughs> the people you need. and that's what you just said i'm like I, man I'd, I'd give that woman the clothes off my back now because she, she's she's got a place here until the end of time and doing whatever it takes and here's the thing man and i think we all i think especially us as men we don't have it figured out we don't have all the answers we're looking for connection and we're looking for brotherhood 
to lean in and to lean in on and not to emotionally vomit, but to get better to say, Hey, Hey boys, I need help. And let's do this together. We will figure this out. We will move forward. And by the way, four beers does help with that courage. It does. It does. <laughs> we're not sipping your ass as well, you know? sloppy. <laughs> we're not sipping your ass, Tommy. We're all got vulnerability. So it's important to put your hand up and ask for help when you need it, I reckon. Yeah. That's it, brother. That's it. And, and we crave it. Enough with the locker room, enough with that. I mean, we've been there, right? Yeah. And it hadn't worked for us. And so knowing we're not alone and knowing we have men out there who are ready to help us and stand next to us and not try to step on our heads, you know? So it's it's a good thing, brothers. Yeah, it's good stuff. It's good stuff. All right, we'll be right back. Tommy, we've already covered a whole bunch of ground already, and it's just value after value on the podcast this morning. So thank you so much. I think the audience and the listeners would get incredible value from hearing about that uh, inflection point in your career. Maybe you could just share a little bit of your backstory with us. I know you kind of touched on it a little bit there in the introduction and uh, and whatnot, but I, I think there's a lot to be said for that story because the first time I heard it, I was like, man, that was like, that was impactful for me so can you can you share your backstory for us love to man so i uh i grew up in good hard-working humble beginnings in the south side of atlanta georgia atlanta georgia is in the southeast united states it's the, for those of you who aren't familiar it's the state above florida and so everybody knows where florida is uh, but i grew up in a good tough hard-working part of the world nobody in my family was college educated um, I was scheduled to be the first person to go to college, to graduate university, to become a professional in my family. That's what they wanted for me. Um, but especially inside the home and outside the home, I grew up in and around a significant amount of violence um, and abuse. And so, yeah, I was at 18 years old and I thought I was going to be the first person. I had, a, I had uh, scholarships to multiple universities here in the United States and uh, became what I hated, started running with the wrong crew at 18, committed a violent crime and was looking at seven years in prison and uh, thought my life was over, man. And so I uh, luckily by the grace of God and because it was my first adult offense, they dropped it down to two heavy misdemeanors. I was sentenced to two years and spent my 19th birthday, not at university, incarcerated. Uh, something really cool happened there. Um, regardless of what they say on the news, there's still goodness. And regardless of your color, race, or who you love, there's still a lot of good people out there. And this 40-year-old uh, black gentleman, African-American gentleman, decided to cross racial lines and become one of the first positive male mentors in my life. Wow. And said, you're not going to become a part of this system. You're not going to be just crime your entire life and in and out of this institution. You're going to lean in you're going to be better, get better. And so he mentored me. It was the first real great positive male mentor in jail of a different color than I'd ever had. And so I dusted myself off, went to work in a nuclear waste container factory during the day for $6 an hour, community college at night, ended back up at a university and went from a literally a jail cell to Deloitte and Touche, which is now Deloitte, one of the largest firms in the world in three years, a lot of hard work, grit. And I'll finish this story out, man. And then fast forward 15 years, I was competing. I was conquering. I was competitive. I was just going to outwork you out tough you out hustle you because I thought money, power, shiny suit, corner office, fancy car, good looking girl. It's going to check all the boxes. Right. And I checked them off, man. But what I'd never dealt with, 
was all those insecurities and fears and those wounds from me as a little boy, right? I was taught as a little boy to think he wasn't good enough, he wasn't lovable, and he wasn't valued. And that exuded itself in an arrogant guy, an overconfident guy, a tough guy, important guy, you know, all these masks that, you know, this armor we wear as men. And it almost cost me everything at 37 because when the money and the power and the corner office didn't fill me up, I turned to darkness, man. I'm talking all the darkness. To think the Wolf of Wall Street Mm. ended up waking up in a ditch, wondering how the hell I got there. I was probably doing some million dollar auditor deal two weeks before and woke up in a ditch and said, no more. I mean, no more. I'm not going to live the, my life this way. I'm because it's going to end up in death or even worse. You know, back in back in that that those institutions. And so, um, I decided to pick myself, dust my myself off, and um, I never planned on leaving the financial consulting world. But what's cool in three short years, I went from one of the most hated people in the firm to one of the most beloved. My network, like we talked about earlier, doubled. My money literally doubled. I went from uh, junior partner, international practice leader to elected to the board at 39. The rest of those guys were in their 60s. And uh, man, and I was just crushing it on all fronts. And I was doing it with peace of mind, with love, and with leadership of myself and others. And um, totally transformed my life. And then I'll, I'll wrap the story up here is that's when this calling happening, all these dudes, entrepreneurs, executives, guys in the network, bankers, accountants, they're like, look, man, you didn't give up your drive or ambition, but something changed, brother. You're a different man. You're more confident. You're more peaceful. You just live your life who you are. You don't care about what everybody else thinks. And um, you do it in all the right ways. How do I do that? And that's how this life fell into my uh, lap, brother. Yeah, Thanks for letting me share that, by story, the way. Tommy. Wow, that's very, very impressive. Based off, you know, what you've experienced, what do you think men should avoid at all costs in terms of their career and, you know, whatever else you think? I think what we should avoid is not doing the inner game because I still think, and I'll tell you what that means is we work on our outer game. We work on our businesses, our investments, our, our fun. You know, we, we put our our fun, um, but we, we sometimes put our inner game last and to know that we're not alone in our insecurities, our fears are not good enough. Um, and how do we build that heart muscle, that mind muscle, and that soul muscle? And we talked about ways to do that. And how do we get them really strong, man? Because that's the solid foundation. Because here's, the, here's the, the sadness, is our money, our title, our respect, our shiny things, even our families and friends can be taken away from us like that. I mean, of a blink of an eye. And if we're not standing on a solid foundation of strength, of knowing who you are, of self-confidence, of courage, of, hey, I've got this. This is a big storm. How do I weather it? You'll crumble. And I crumbled twice, and I crumbled bad, and it almost cost me everything. And I think thinking that when we get there, and usually there is a dollar amount, or when I have this title, or more. So when and more fictional things, we never get there. You get a thousand, you want a hundred thousand, you get a hundred thousand, you want a million, you get a million, you want 10 million. It never stops. But what you don't want to do is sacrifice your values, your family, your friends, your experiences in the name of the dollar. And I think it's an epidemic or pandemic, if you will, where we are. And so I think we think when and more, and we think that the money, now money, anyone says money's not important, run from them, they're broke. (laughs) But at the same time, but at the same time, you know, money can either help magnify your impact and goodness, or it can be your worst curse if you're on a very shaky foundation. And I was there. 
And I use money for all the wrong reason. It almost cost me everything. Now I use money to help serve myself and help my fellow people and to make impact. I think it's really about focusing on the inner game, prioritizing the people in your life and the network in your life and concentrating on your purpose. And then like we talked about earlier, Jamie, I think you said it, man, goodness in equals goodness back and the money and impact will come but you'll be a whole lot more happy along the journey anyway. You won't be miserable, stressed, and overwhelmed and all that other stuff. So that's what I would say. So for all the sparkies out there that are listening, usually money is a good gauge of success and progress because I'm a strong believer in progress is happiness. How do you think the sparkies out there listening can sort of gauge their success if it's not monetary? I mean, to me, are you living your life without regrets? Do you have someone in your life who loves you? Are you grateful for what you do have and not what you haven't accomplished yet? Do you feel like you're, you know, look in the mirror, where are you lacking? Is it in your relationship? Is it in your success? Is it in your money? And know that you are the problem and you are the solution. But what does success mean like to you? When we, we leave this life, we're in one big, preciously short life, which is one giant goodbye. Whether we want to meet that or not, this life is one giant goodbye, man. And when your time comes, it could be 10 minutes from now, God willing, it's a thousand years from now. And they're reading, do you think they're gonna read your resume and what car you drove? Nah, man, they're gonna, they're gonna talk about how you experienced life, how you impacted your family, what your kids are doing, how you made others feel, where you gave back. And did you live life without regrets? Did you live life on your term or were you just a sheep being in that job you don't like trying to make buy things that impress other people and you don't even like any of that stuff and so success i'm a big fan of money i'm a money guy i lived in the money world but money i'm telling you and i'm not I know it's a cliche but you've got to work on the inner game you've got to concentrate on your relationships your friendships your love you're experiencing life man and then if you're doing that and building a business, however big or small it is, you're living life. To me, that's what success is. Yeah, I've been to a few funerals lately and you hear the eulogy and it's always quite touching and it never speaks about money, success. It's all about what you've done for other people. And I think a good way to really set your goals is based around what you want someone to say at your eulogy all those little things, you know, he'd give me his shirt off his back. He'd help me no matter what. He's kind, he's thoughtful, all those little things. It's ne- never monetary. It's, and that's, it's a humbling thing. And it's the only thing we're certain of, right, is one of the things we're certain of is we are going to pass away. And I'm not trying to be, if, if you want motivation, here's your motivation. You will die. <laughs> so if that happened one hour from now, are you, what are you going to regret? that's where you need to focus. And so, um, and just start living life like it is your last day with gratitude, with love, with abundance and with no regrets, man. So I'm with you, man. Totally with you on that front. Yeah, it's good stuff. One one of the things that um, has happened to me over the, over maybe the last four or five years, I suppose, as I've kind of evolved uh, in the way that you're describing where I'm not trying to measure my success by how big my bank account is, but by the fulfillment that I have in my life and the enjoyment that I derive out of what it is that I do. And I recognized a little while ago that the thing that kind of fills my cup up the most, and you used that before, and it's such an accurate term, is watching other people succeed and being having a hand in their success because I know how good it feels to succeed myself, but it's amazing when you get to help other people to succeed. But one of the, the byproducts of all of that inner work and that personal development that I've been through in the last couple of years, it's been a little bit isolating, uh, if I'm honest about it, because there's not a lot of people that I could talk. I'm talking to two guys here on this podcast that I can talk to about this sort of thing. 
And if I had that conversation with you, Tommy, you'd be like, yeah, man, of course. And I'd do that with Jamie. And he's like, yeah, man, of, of course, it's not, not a big deal. But once you've done that in a work, it's, sometimes it can be pretty hard to surround yourself with other people that are at the same level of your consciousness, if you like. Um, and so you often feel like you're a little bit of a fish out of water. Jamie said it to me uh, earlier before we, we kicked off this podcast today, you know, Australia Day yesterday, um, he was out in the local area, you know, in, at, a, at a house party just up the street. Everybody's drinking and carry on and drunk and bah, just, just a big carry on the party, right? And Jamie's kind of like there with his arms folded like, yeah, man, it's kind of all right, but, you know, it's not, it's not really for me. I mean, that's, that's a version of, of the analogy, right? But what would you say to somebody that has done that personal work, that inner work, but is having a little bit of a hard time finding their tribe and finding their, finding their peeps, if you like? Best question ever. Best question I've been asked probably, and I do a lot of this. When you start the work of personal development, it is literally like climbing a mountain. Here's the thing. 99% of the people on this earth won't climb that mountain. And so their view is at the ground level and your view changes as you go up. And here's the, here's the tough is you become aware and awareness is a, is a gift and a curse. Trust me. Um, but here's the thing is you start speaking a different language. You start vibrating a different level. Here's the problem is you still speak the language of the people standing on the ground. Mm. You just don't want a speaker to hear it. And here's the second problem. Now they don't understand the language that you're speaking because they're not doing that work. And it is a lonely place. However, it's the whole law of attraction. It's like attracts light, like it attracts light. Don't stop doing the work and don't lower yourself down to that level. When I first started doing this work, I was in an industry that gave me that a boys for all my wrong behavior. Mm. They thought I was cool and important and tough and blah, blah, blah. And I was a partner at a firm. I was an owner of this big firm. And during an entire, the whole firm is there, they would literally make fun of me. They said, oh, we're going to go to the bar. We're going to go to this strip club. If you want to go stick a candle in your butt and go meditate with Tommy, he'll be over there. They were literally ridiculing me for wanting to be a better person. Yeah, bring you down to their level. It's, it's lonely. It, it, I don't care how tough you are. It gets into your, yeah. gets into your DNA. But here's the thing, man, is I just never quit moving forward. And those people, I just stopped hanging out with them. And over time they got it. They didn't invite me to things anymore. And it made room. It took time. It made room. And all of a sudden you'll be at a store or you'll just be on a podcast like this or a passing conversation. And they'll say something that's in your language. You're like, Oh, that person's done the work. <laughs> Here's the moment of courage. Hey, man, what are you reading right now? What are you learning right now? And you'll know how they answer. And you're like, we should grab a cup of coffee, brother. And, man, my network went from zero for years to a lot, time, patience. But don't lower yourself back down off that mountain, man, because you know what that feels and looks like down there. And eventually they're going to come. And, by the way, that's part of the process. Because when we try to force this universe, God, whatever you want to call it, yeah. <laughs> man, it just kicks us straight in the face. But if you just keep doing the work and keep climbing the mountain, your tribe is on that mountain somewhere. Yeah, it's a, it's a great, great feedback, great response and, and uh, incredible advice as well. I, I would echo that so, so loud and clear for sure. You know, one of the things that uh, I learned to do in that journey of personal development was to take a couple of risks because what I would do is it really it started probably two years or so before I was podcasting full time like I am now. And 
I didn't really kind of hang out with people that were on that journey or doing those sorts of things. And when I started podcasting, I was recording, you know, four or five shows a week, sometimes as many as 10 shows a week. And I'd have these incredible experiences with all these different people consistently. And I was just meeting new people all of the time. And at the end of the week, I'd kind of catch up with my mates in the local area, or I'd go and see people I haven't seen for a little while. And they'd be, what what have you been up to? And it was almost like, it's almost impossible for me to explain the incredible conversations that I'd had throughout the week because I just wouldn't get it. And I thought to myself, well, maybe if I share a little bit, maybe if I like take a risk, because I, I guess I'm just kind of worried about being ridiculed a little bit. And I took, took some risks and I, I shared some stories and I shared my feelings about those things. And a couple of people made fun of me and a couple of people were like, wow, man, that's actually pretty cool. And some of those mm. folks are now my closest friends because those people were on the journey and they weren't opening up to anyone else either. Neither was I. And I took a little risk and did that. And it seems silly what I'm saying, you know, take a risk and say this or anything like that. But it's just your ego protecting yourself and you, you have that self-protection mechanism. You know what I found, man, and that's, a, that's also a great point, is I call it, I, I don't know where I heard this, but I've loved it ever since, is the gift of going second. Mm. When you start talking about what you're doing, what you're working on, how you, what you're learning, why you're learning it and the why you're learning it, people will lean in. They're like, Oh, I have that same thought. Ooh, I won't help there. You give the people who are ready to hear the message, the gift of going second, because you've already opened up and shared. You took the risk. You opened your heart up. You opened yourself up for exposure. The people that make fun of you, they're not there yet. That doesn't mean you don't love them. They're just not ready. But you'll be shocked at how many people are like, man, tell me more or, Hey, I'm doing, I'm working on this right now. And they'll just start talking about what they're working on. Your tribe's there. Take the risk, lean in courage, man. I love it. Yeah. What I've found with my sort of self-help, cause I've been sort of on this journey for probably about uh, nine years now, rather than um, preaching it, let people ask. Mm. People ask you when you start doing well, they'll say, what are you doing a bit different than open up then rather than preaching? Cause sometimes people just don't hear it. They're just so set in their ways. And when you start preaching, it's like, mate, whatever. I don't want to hear it. Like the old candle in the bum story like with you, Tommy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah you got to have my wife on the show. <laughs> you gotta, you're not doing that coaching nonsense on me, brother. That's what she'll tell me. <laughs> yeah, people hate to be pre- preached to, man. That's it. <laughs> Well, Tommy, if somebody's listening to this podcast right now, what, what would you say that one or two things that they could do immediately today to begin doing some inner work and getting a little bit of momentum and, and start moving them forward towards the goals that they've set for themselves? The first thing I would do is remind them that they're not alone in whatever they're dealing with, whether it's a relationship issue, a money issue, a confidence issue, whatever, but you're not alone. So it's important for us to know as humans, the problem with this whole COVID is we've been isolating. We're not meant to isolate from each other. And when you think you're alone, it's a, it's a dark place. I would remind them of that. Um, I would remind them that, that baby steps pay compounding interest. You know, a dollar invested today becomes $2, $2 becomes $4. Same thing goes with whatever you're working on. Um, I would ask them to ask themselves this question is, what is the one thing that if I gave up, my life would improve 10 times? 99% of people know that immediately. What if it's, I gave up this one thing, my life would improve. It could be a human, 
could be booze. It could be negative self-talk. It could be a job. It could be a, a relationship. What is the one thing I need to give up? And then I would ask them, ask them, what is the one thing by adding this one thing would improve your life 10x? Is it reading a good book? Is it listening to a motivating podcast? Is it starting a gratitude journal? Is it um, <clears throat> finding a new friend? What is the one thing that if you added to your life would increase your life 10x? <clears throat> Those are where you need to start. Start small, think big. Don't come in, you know, people say, well, Rome wasn't built in a day. True, but they were laying bricks every day. Yeah. <clears throat> and what bricks do you need to start taking away? Is it negative people? Is it negative self-talk? Is it, what do you need to take away from life? Are you drinking 16 beers a day? That would be where you need to lean in. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you need to add? Start small. Is it learning something new? What positive practice can you add and do a small one? And what can you take away? And I'm telling you with 10 to 30 minutes a day, 365 days from now, your happiness, your peace of mind, your confidence, where you stand in life, not comparing yourself to others, not living in envy and jealousy, it'll be 10X. That's where I'd say start. So ask those two questions, know where you need to go, know what you need to add and take away and begin starting small. And if you don't, if you need a little bit more help, ask somebody that you truly love and trust. Yeah. Um, And so that's where I would start. Yeah, How important is consistency? Is it something you do seven days a week? Is it, um, is it morning? Is it afternoon? Is it five days a week, weekends off? What is it? How do, how do you sort of do it, Tommy? So the truth is it's all over the place. And I feel it. So if I told you it was seven days a week, that would be me just square line you, right? And I can, we can all see each other on video. Yeah. This um, is a beer, by the way. The truth way. Is, is I can feel when I, I can feel when I step away too long, man. Um, I can feel it in my confidence. I can feel it in my peace of mind. I can feel it in my security. I can feel it in the way I treat and act. I can start getting impatient. I start, I'm a recovering perfectionist. I get in that world. My friends, family, and team now are like, hey, man, when's the last time you did your routine? I'm like, oh, Wednesday. Oh, it's Saturday. Mm. So um, my goal is to never miss a day. And in 2021, I've done a really nice job of that. But I try to hit an hour of self-improvement every single day and i call that physical exercise mental spiritual and emotional exercise one hour a day that leaves me 23 other hours to go out there and serve and work and play and whatever we got to do but i my goal is one hour a day and here's the thing is i don't like rigidity so i like mixing my stuff up taking this in taking this out adding this in taking this out um, there's some things that I consistently too. Some things have been powerful in my life because they sink in and I start believing them. I write down affirmations every single day of my life. For some reason, it sticks with me. That's the one thing I don't take in. But I'm very flexible in what I, sometimes it's just reading a great book for an hour, right? Sometimes it's literally hitting the gym for an hour because I'm, all right, I'm a little flabby today. Let me, let me go hit the gym. Mm. But I try to mix, but even at night though, here's the thing too. Even at night, I'm putting goodness in before I go to bed. So as opposed to looking at my phone, or watching the news or some shitty movie. I hope I can say that on the, on the air. You can. But, um, I will, I will, I'll read something good right before going to bed. I'll either have sex or read and you're not, you're not losing on either front. With your wife? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> With a wife, you know, that's kind of that value system thing. Yeah. But, but at the end of the day, man, if you're putting in goodness, you know, whether it's a self-development book, a business book, uh, an ancient wisdom book, and you're just reading that right before you go to bed, man, you just sleep so much better. And so I do it morning and night. And there's some days when I'm, when I'm, when I'm on the struggle bus, I'll do it throughout the day and with my uh, team. So you can ask any member of my team, do we read certain books together? And they'd be like, Oh yeah, all the time. So the answer is I want to do it every day, but I'm not perfect. Yeah. 
I suppose for me, Tommy, um, I like to train five days a week. And I started off by saying Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. And if I miss those days, it's quite easily... It's quite easy to go, you know what, I miss a day, bugger it, but I'll double up a day. I'll get those five sessions done no matter what days they are. I just want to get those five sessions done. So I think a lot of people think that, yeah, it's good to have structure, but if you do miss a day, you can sort of improvise. I've heard Joe Rogan say as well that he just gets his four sessions done no matter when it is, and the only exceptions are if you're sick or injured. I think mm, they're, they're yeah. the only two that he has and that works for me as long as you get them done you know because life is quite volatile it's up it's down things happen you know your missus might ring you one of your kids is sick at school um, but you know the gyms most gyms are open 24 hours and you can always put a podcast or audio book in your ears you know so there's always there's no excuse I don't reckon that's right brother and I love that and here's the here's the thing there's no right wrong or indifferent mm. yeah just just you know just if you miss done. a day Try not to miss your second day. If you miss yeah. your second day, lean in. Do two days. Like you yeah, said, yeah. do two a days. Yeah. There's no right or wrong answers. It's just doing the work, man. Just consistency and showing up and lightening up on ourselves. And no, like you said, life does happen. Yeah. Yeah, it's good stuff. I, I love what you said there about just an hour a day um, because it doesn't take very long. I was, uh, I was looking back at some uh, Jordan Peterson stuff recently because he's got a new book coming out, coming up, and I was like just – I saw that on my YouTube and I was watching a few of his videos. And one of the things that I saw that I, I, uh, I discovered, it was a while ago, it was probably about two years ago, which I really liked. And it's a statement that he makes as a psychologist. And he says that thinking is hard. And he says mm. that it's really hard to think because you're, you, you live in such a distracted world. And the vast majority of what you do on a day-to-day basis is automatic. You wake up, at the right time, you know what you're going to do in the morning, you get dressed, you put your clothes on, you go to work, you do your thing, but you're not really thinking very much or very hard about anything that's going on. And sometimes you encounter a problem and you feel yourself a little bit frustrated or maybe a bit flustered. And and when I find myself in those circumstances, that's because I actually have to really think about what it is to solve the problem. And I love that you described that taking an hour a day just to go and contemplate, meditate, or do what you need to do to do the inner work on yourself, whatever version of that is. It's a really powerful thing. And, and one of the things that I, uh, I've, I've practiced and I need to do a little bit more of, when I, when I discovered that with JP, was to down tools on all the screens. So no phone, no computer, no nothing. Mm. And go away and have an afternoon walk where I live, which is like 50 meters from the ocean. Uh, and it's just beautiful where I am. And nothing in my ears nothing and just allow your mind to wander and sometimes i actually don't think about anything sometimes i'm thinking about the girls in bikinis on the beach or the dogs walking past me or the rain that i'm walking in or i'm just not really i'm just kind of appreciating the environment that i'm in but often i find myself thinking about the problems and the challenges that i've faced in my business or in my personal life and i discover these solutions because i've given myself the time and the space to actually do that and i don't think it's something that's really talked about very much everyone talks about meditating and giving yourself the time and training and exercising and all these sorts of things but you also need to give yourself some space with no screens no distractions no anything just to allow your mind to wander into the things that are important to you and think about the solutions that you've got to the problems that you're facing the five most successful people i know and one of my heroes that's no longer with us um i've read and he's a big u.s politician alexander hamilton's biography twice probably one of the smartest americans that ever lived and there hasn't been that many of us to date um but 
five of the most successful people I know, and I have implemented this in my life. I don't do it as enough. It's so like you said, take off the AirPods, put down the phone and go for a walk. It doesn't matter if you're in New York City, on the beach, in the mountains, desert, whatever it is, or just in your neighborhood. Get quiet, get present. Like you said, there's not a yoga pair of pants that goes by. Yeah, I'm going to check those out every now and then. Mm. Um, or the dog or the sky or just be grateful. But it'll be amazing to you what thoughts, opinions, ideas, innovations, where you need to go. I mean, it, you know, I don't care what you call it, soul, God, universe, all that is, whatever, it's there. And it, you're just freeing it up to hear it, man. Yeah. And it, it wants to help you. And, um, and maybe it's appreciation. Maybe it's just getting quiet. Maybe it's just the air. Yeah. But it's a lost art. But I'm telling you, the most successful people, and I'm not saying about, yes, they all have a lot of money. But they're also happy. And those two mm -hmm. things are very elusive, by the way. Yeah. And together, they're super elusive. And so um, they all do exactly that, brother. Yeah, I think – we're searching for entertainment all the time. Mm. You know, you know, we're sitting at dinner with our wife and she goes off to the toilet. Rather than sitting there and thinking, the first thing people do is pick up their phone and scroll through social media or Google something. I think it's a really good opportunity to think. And I have times at home where I just sit down, I've got a beautiful view looking over the water, and I'll sit there and I'll just think. And whatever pops into my, my mind, I use my imagination, I think about what I want, I think about something I've done wrong. I use that time to reflect. Um, and, you know, a lot of people aren't doing that these days because any opportunity they have, like you said, before bed, when they wake up in the morning, it's social media. And you let the social media or what you see on there influence your day. So I think it's really important to sort of sit down and just think and use your imagination. I think that's something humans don't do these days. Yeah. What are your thoughts on that, Tommy? Add, I couldn't add to that any better than... Robert, you said it, Jamie, you said it. And something I do every now in the restaurants, and I just have to remind myself when wife goes to the restroom or she has to go do something else, is you're sitting in a restaurant. First of all, thousands, millions of people around the world would love to be sitting in that restaurant. Yeah. I'll even force myself to smell it, to look around, look at the conversations, look who's engaged and who's not engaged. And to know that someone somewhere is working their butt off to produce that restaurant, to give us an experience of fun, connection, community, and the love through food and smelling it and seeing it and knowing someone designed it and how hard the waiters are to working to make their life better and all that good, man. When I get there, not only just to think sometimes and not pick up my phone, when you pick up your phone, we, we're, we're, we're basically on the heroin, man. And we just got to own that. We're, we're, we're into the heroin. That's what we are. But whether it's thinking or getting quiet or, or reflection or just getting in the moment, right, man, there, is there anything better in life than that? No, I don't think so. Nothing better than being present where you are, right where your feet are. Well, as we close out the podcast here, Tommy, uh, I, I can't let you go today without asking you about your book. Tell us about that. Yeah, brother. So the book is called Legendary. Just so thankful. It's a USA Today, Wall Street Journal bestselling book. Super grateful for that because I put all of my heart and soul into it. And the reason we picked the title Legendary, if I start saying Tommy Breedlove's a legend, you two boys would laugh me out of the room. <laughs> um, but like we talked about, Legendary is given to us by our friends, society, culture, and it can mean something different to everybody. But are we leaving our fellow humans, our planet, our loved ones in this world a little bit better than we found it? And so in the book, we take the journey of all the things we talked about. We start with what people want, 
more time, more money, better network, more purpose and significance of life. Then we take a turn to what people actually need. More self-confident, more intimate relationships with their family, friends, significant other, mastering that mindset, living the good life and never quitting. And so it's a, it's a, it's an easy, quick read. You can find it anywhere. If my Southern United States accent doesn't bother you, it's on audible. Um, it's on all the formats, electronic, hard cover, soft cover. It's a, uh, it's a, I'm very proud of it. And for recovering perfectionists, that's hard for me to say, but uh, I, we're out there spreading the good word, man. And if, if anything that these three men talked about today resonates to you, I mean, it's like they could have wrote the book and, you know, they, they've got the book, but you know, it might be the flavor or there might be one sentence in there that could really transform your life. And so, you know, please pick it up when you have an opportunity because it's at all of your local bookstores, your favorites, <laughs> including the monsters, including the big ones. <laughs> yeah, good stuff, good stuff, Tommy. And, and ladies and gentlemen, just take a little peek at your phone and I'll pop the links in there uh, so you won't have to go digging around for a bit. And make sure you head over and grab a copy of a legendary because I know that's absolutely <laughs> going to help you. I wanted to give you a chance here, Tommy, to, uh, to help us close out the podcast. Is there anything that we missed or anything that you wanted to add to today's show i think it's been uh, extremely valuable you've been very open and sharing and we appreciate that but is there anything that you wanted to to add to today's show final thing and i just i just so passionate about this because i don't want anyone to feel alone or isolated in whatever they're going through and their thoughts i'm gonna say it one more time because this you know i came from a pretty rough start and uh made us a lot of mistakes um, so whatever has been done to you or you've done or mistakes you've made or whatever issue you're dealing with is you're not alone. And um, for a long, long time, I was living my story and not my life. Mm. I was living, you know, a story that I was telling myself that wasn't true and not living my life. And the only way to do that, and I love this saying, I learned it from a river rafting guide, is man, you got to participate in your own rescue. And when you fall out of the boat, you got to turn over, look up, put your feet up, look for the rope and swim to rescue if the boat can't get to you. And in life, there's no better analogy. Again, participate in your own rescue. Do one small thing today different than you did yesterday. And I promise you it'll have a compounding effect. And just remember that you're not alone. And that's how I would close it out. Yeah, beautiful. Well done, Tommy. Beautifully said. Mate, if people want to connect with you, what's the best way to do that? Yeah, so, you know, we beat up social media pretty good on this show. Um, <laughs> if you're looking Business for family. a little, yeah, you know, financial hacks, life hacks, goodness, I never get political, I never talk darkness. Um, you know, I'm all over social media at Tommy Breedlove, or you can go to my website, www.tommybreedlove.com. We're giving away a bunch of good stuff there, two free chapters of purpose work, all sorts of stuff. So check it out there, but social media at Tommy Breedlove. And then uh, my website is www.tommybreedlove.com. Beautiful. Hit me up, man. Love to hear from you. All right. Tell me I'm full of it or tell me that you loved it. I'm okay either way. <laughs> well, man, Rob loved it. Well done, Tommy. Yeah, it was great. And, and once again, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, just take a little look at your phone and all of the links to Tommy's website and his socials are right there. So make sure you reach out and connect. Jamie, if people want to connect with you, what's the best way? The Instagrams? Instagram at Pro Image Electrical. We try and be on there as much as I can, um, actually in moderation now. And lo and behold, I fixed my Instagram as yeah. well yeah it's like, like long the, overdue a long overdue yeah yeah the name the, the, the handle is uh rob.brus77 so, so i actually got more followers than you rob so lucky well not for long yeah we'll now, see how we go now that i fix the name and people actually know what it is so hit me up over there hit me up on linkedin or all right mate i wanted to give you the, the opportunity for the parting comment have you got a final piece of wisdom what what's a how are we going to end this show with a with a real bang there tommy what have you got for us to close it out mate <laughs> 
Hey, man, the, the last thing I'll say is uh, I don't care if you're in Australia, Africa, the U.S., and everything in between, man. Um, love and respect your fellow human beings. We all want to be free. We all want to be seen, heard, loved, and valued. And if we just remember that, all everything else will take care of itself. We all have our human needs. We want to be seen, heard, loved, valued, and treat others like you would treat yourself. And I promise you, this world will be a much better place than we found it. So I'd leave it at that. Beautifully said, man, mate. Tommy, thanks for being on the show. Sorry. See you soon. Bye now. Bye. Same, mate. Thank you. Trying to get